this morning. I am typing some stuff up for the for the notes. I'm trying to like get some things just put in there. Rain comes and sits in between my legs, and you know how they have on a desk they'll have the rollout kind of like keyboard part where it like kind of yep. has on like a track. Absolutely. So she goes in between my legs while I'm like sitting at my desk, and then pops her head up, and as she does, it pushes the keyboard like track huh. in, so I can't like type, and I was like. Oh, Rainy, it's just the heater. No problem. And she's like, <sighs> she's like breathing. You know, she can, you can tell she's really worried. And I was like, let me just get this keyboard back out. And as I like pull it out, she kind of does this weird thing where she sort of like extends her neck so that I can't pull it out all the way and like blocks it. And then looks at me like, she's like, no, I am, no af- I am super afraid. You're not allowed to type right now. No typo. So eventually I like was a good dad. I was like, okay. You can hear, and I like pet her and stuff. I was like, maybe we'll get you a treat or something. And then she was, whatever. Yeah. And I put the treat on the, the couch. She's like, okay, I'm cool. I'm eating a treat. I'm like, cool, let me just finish this up, and then I'm going to head to work. Two seconds later, just like pushes it back again, right? <laughs> and so I just like gave up, like halfway through the notes, and just like went to work. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, Raid. <laughs> it was like 20 degrees this morning, so we had to have the heater on. She sure, like sure. Note taking skills. So then I came home today, mm-hmm. and it was warm enough, so I just like turned the heater off, and then she sure. was fine after that. But I just thought it was funny. I was like, Rain, you are impeding the work <laughs> of the podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Your irrational worries. <laughs> All right, you guys ready to start? Is your keyboard loud? Is it clicky clicky? I don't think I've so. got this loud keyboard in my office at my job at the seminary. And like yeah. every time I'm typing anything, it's like <laughs> just a loud one. I don't know what the deal is. Rain would probably hate it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay, you guys ready? Way ready. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. I'm Zach. I'm Colin. And I'm Bob. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the House Plants Podcast. Let's go. We are here to talk about music, media, and the mission of Jesus. Heck yeah. And a lot more. Um, we love it. We are back to our old grind of picking them cool subjects and discussing them and comparing contrasts and all of that good stuff. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. If you are listening to us, you have made it to 2021. Welcome to 2021. I'm going to say something controversial. Okay. And I hope and nobody uh, takes this too seriously or anything, but I'm just going to say it. 2020, everybody talks about how terribly mm-hmm. and terrible it was, mm-hmm. but I learned a lot. There was some yeah. good that came out of it. So, Oh, yeah. I would say for me personally, 2020 yeah. was actually not that bad of a year. It was a year was of growth. Good. It was a year yeah. of growth for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, we got but, a but little, little Kratzer on the way. Yeah, buddy. That yeah. happened in 2020. We Bob and Keith ha- found a house. Bob and Bethany. Bob and Keith. Keith. <laughs> Bob and Keith. Bob and Bethany have a um uh a little foster baby. A foster baby. Yeah. And I'm good fostering stuff. some complex feelings. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm doing good. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I, I guess what I'm saying is heading into 2021, I feel very optimistic. I feel like uh we're going to see the glory of God as we have before. We're not out of the weirdness yet, but Amidst it, I believe God is moving. There's, so. there's some good stuff out of us. Okay. So before we get into our subject matter, which is going to be very, very interesting, and Zach has kind of put such a subject to me that I at first didn't understand. And now I have a good grip on it. And but so you will. <laughs> when when this night is done, you will understand Christmas. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we still have that yes. spirit. Yeah. But yeah, before we do that, we're going to do some worship. Zach, tell us about Majestic Lord. Majestic Lord is a song based on Psalm 8, and it was kind of a... It's a psalm based on a song? Yeah. 
Remember when... Uh, is it a psalm based on a song? No, it is a palm based on a... Shrom. Shrom. Okay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so song based on a psalm. Yes. Okay, so we did a songs based on psalms episode, and this was one that was like an old one that I reworked that uh, uh, I saved as like an extra in case we needed it, and we didn't get to it that episode, so we're doing it now. Also, awesome. um, way back... Uh, whenever I first wrote this song, I had the help of Martin Perkins and oh, I doubt, I don't know if he remembers the song. He probably remember a veteran leader. He might remember like the chorus or something, but uh, yeah. So I haven't played it in a long time and I reworked some of the words so that it cl- more closely matches the original uh, scripture it's based on solid. Um, so yeah, you've come a long way, baby. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As have we all. There you go. Okay. Cool. You ready? All right, so this is Majestic Lord.
your son that you care for me through my praise unestablished and set in place you are all I need who am I Michael love me your son that you care for me through my praise so thankful for this chance just to gather as your people, um, as your servants, uh, seeking out your will, um, and be able to proclaim your name throughout this majestic world. Um, help this conversation be uplifting to our listeners, as well as to you. Um, help us to continue to dig deeper into the scriptures, to better understand your work and your will for our lives. Help us to be able to understand uh, what love we should be exhibiting to our uh, to our friends, our families. Here in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. 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 That's beautiful guys. That was awesome. I love that song. That that's that's awesome. Very pretty. Very pretty, Zach. No one. The song was good too. <laughs> I'm the only person nostalgic about it, like because it's new to most everybody else. I never really played it much. Um, right. Right. But it that one takes me back. So maybe I'll. Pull it out more often. Awesome. Very cool. All right. So um, I wanted us to talk a bit about love. Oh, and yeah, we're more like love in general. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's not go that way. But we're not going to talk about that kind of love. <laughs> or maybe we will. I don't know. Risky business type Risky love. Business. Yeah. So basically, I kind of had this thought. Y'all can tell me what mm-hmm. you think as we go through this. Um, but I kind of realized that you can't have love. And I'm talking about any kind of love. like Unconditional love, relationship love, friendship love. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our English language doesn't have enough words to really um, describe all the different types of love. But when it comes down to it, um, God is love. And yet you can't have love without a certain amount of risk. Mm. And so I kind of, I had this, the thought, and we haven't really like talked about this too much of making this sort of a series of just, you can't have one without the other, like married with children. (laughs) You can't have one without the 
other love in the marriage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there, there's other things that are like this too, but we'll talk about that more in coming episodes maybe. Okay. Um, but for this first one, um, we're going to talk about kind of what's required in a relationship. Yeah. We've been kind of talking about this a lot. Uh, just the three of us, just in general. Um, but what, what does it take to be in relation with someone else and to kind of have that give and take and, I think to truly love, you have to be willing to open yourself up and uh-huh. that exposes you to risk. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I want to start with a problem to okay. kind of like set us up. And uh, this may not seem related, but I think that it is. Why does faith seem like it's not meaningful to people? Like there's a certain amount of people out there who you would say like, Hey, have you heard? Like, let me share my faith with you. Like, I got this relationship with God. Um, let me tell you about it. And they might be like, yeah, I've kind of heard about that, but I, it's not really something I need. I'm fulfilled or uh, church. That's just a boring thing to go to. I'm not really interested in like diving in and being in relationship with some God. Cause like, what does that mean for me right now? You know? So you're talking sure. about like the word faith sure. as we, you're, you're saying faith is in like when you share yeah. your faith with somebody. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, I'm talking about our faith as our relationship with God. Sure. Um, some people, to be honest, would probably say that they're not interested in a relationship with God. Yeah. Yeah. Right? No, I, I, Have I, you I, heard I, that before? Oh, many times. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They're just not interested. Yeah. They, they just, it doesn't. They're like, well, what's in it for me? More or less. It's, it's, it's more the attitude of what? Yeah. Well, guess what's in it for me? Why do? Why should I care about this right now in my life? Or like, what is it? Every, like? Everything's going good for me. Yeah. What? What? They what, have. What they have why is it even life changing? You know. They have yeah. seen the profile picture and they have swiped left. Huh? Whichever one is the <laughs> no answer. I've never been on Tinder, so I don't know. I hear it's left or right to like say no. I don't want to yeah. be with you. Yeah. I don't know uh-huh. that in terms of Tinder, but Karen and I recently have been have we were told about and we discovered this um, app called Baby Names. Okay. And it actually has, it generates these different baby names and you can swipe left or right and you can uh, share your account with somebody else uh-huh. and um, okay. it will tell us the matches okay. of like the names that we've both swiped right on. Uh, and so we've got this, we can look at this app and it has a list of like name ideas. Well, 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 <laughs> that, that's kind of, that, that's fun. It's kind of cool. I'll show you. Well, that, that's well, fun. Well, yeah. what's funny, what's funny about my Tinder analogy is that it, it, in a lot of ways for non-Christians, it is like that. They get the very briefest of an idea of what God is and they just swipe left. Yeah. That's it. Sure. Yeah, sure. No, you're not wrong there at all. And I think that to a certain degree, like if I were an atheist, there's a chance that I might look at church, not really knowing much about it and going like, well, that's just something that's kind of boring that people just kind of do on Sunday sure, for, and they want to, for whatever reason, but it doesn't really change anything about my situation. Why should I be motivated to go be a part of that? Okay. Yeah. Um, the staleness. uh, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And in the movie hitch to continue on these weird (laughs) references, I think we should have saved this for February. I think he says, well, we can come back to it. We can do a part two. But, um, I think in that movie, he says a line, something along the lines of like anybody, any girl or anybody who says like, they're not like wanting a relationship right now. They'll, they'll never be like, upset by being like swept off their feet. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting. All of these different references I can think of all could be related to like an atheist, like having entering into a relationship with God in some <laughs> regard. It's like, uh, yeah, you say you don't want it, 
but then if God swept you off your feet and like knocked you down with like love and yeah, grace, yeah. you wouldn't say no. You wouldn't say no. That's right. Yeah. And so anyway, That's sorry. Really good. Yeah. So, but, but like a relationship, just like in hitch or whatever, or in Tinder, for example, the risk factor is whether or not you think it's worth it or like you spend that time to get yeah. to know somebody and then it ends up bad. Are you going to get hurt? Are you going to get hurt? You open yourself up and become vulnerable. You know, is it going to actually be something that you're going right. to let you down and you'll feel like you wasted your time? Sure. Sure. Yeah. There, there are family members. Yeah. Uh, you said, I was like, but what about family thing when we were talking about this? Yeah. But there are family members that people may have not talked to in a long time because of yeah. some falling out or whatever. Yeah, That's, well, it, it takes risk yeah. to, to, to keep that, those going as well. Risk that you're going to be yeah. turned down, risk that they're yeah. going to embarrass you, risk that they're going to reject you for a variety of different sure. reasons. We say that family is supposed to be an unconditional love sort of thing, but it, it really isn't all the time, if we're no, being honest. That's true. And, you know, sometimes there's even family members that you're like, oh, man, I got to really, like, you know, try really hard with mm -hmm. them. I hope that my efforts don't go and punished. I, 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 I will even admit that there are some family members that I intentionally don't speak to because it is nothing but um, mm -hmm. uh, the best way of putting this, I guess, would be it's. It's, it's toxic. It's, it's, it's very toxic to be around those yeah. individuals. I have, I and have so a it's, few. It's, it's very difficult for me at this time to really work with them. I have a few too, that I distance myself from not, not because I don't love them, but just because distance can, th there yeah. is scriptures about distancing yourself from people too. Oh, but, sure. But yeah. it, but it's done with the discernment and caution that God would like reinforce. But yeah. Yeah. yeah I guess anyway. our point, our point is in that every relationship is worth pursuing but rather that like just in general a good in relationship in order for it to work yeah. it requires risk yeah sure sure and i was just i'm i've been thinking about certain people that i've experienced being around and it's like they won't open themselves up to other people yeah. they're more kind of stuck on themselves and they also tend to be the kind of people who have a hard time experiencing love that's kind of how mm. i started to come to this realization I've started to kind of realize that there are certain people that just have a hard time opening themselves up. Interesting. And because of that, yeah. they also have a hard time in relationships with others. Mm. That, that makes a lot of yeah. sense. Um, I, I was, it was heard to me, uh, heard to me. It was told to me uh, a while back that, that, you know, that um, water that doesn't flow openly yeah. becomes stagnant and stops yeah. up and anything that stops up begins to stink yeah. And there's a lot of people out there that when you meet them and interact with them, their 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 relationships, they stink. Yeah, they just don't know how to like give and take, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, because they're they're stopped up. There's not there's yeah. there isn't a natural flow yeah. with their relationships. And so, you know, not to get all psychologist, but you know, maybe some of them have tried to open themselves up in the past and for one reason or another, it didn't work and so they don't want to take that risk again. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I can't say for every single person, um, but maybe we could look at some different types of relationships in the Bible and we could kind of see if risk applies in some way. Does that sound fair? It does sound fair. I like it. <laughs> let's let's do it. Let's do it. Sounds good. Sorry, I'm, I'm uh, looking, looking up something. something. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay. So the first one, uh, Genesis 2.24. So we're talking about a, a marriage covenant mm -hmm. type of relationship. Yeah, I looked these up. Yes. So Thank I'm just, Colin. yeah. Um, for everybody listening, 
uh, Colin wants boy. credit. Yeah. <laughs> what, what did I risk? What did I risk by looking all that stuff up for the relationship with Bob and Zach? I risked uh, looking a little um, showmany or like showboaty, and uh, I'm fine with that. <laughs> all right. Sorry. Go ahead, Zach. Genesis two twenty four. You want to read it, Bob? Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and now sh- they shall become one flesh. So it's like kind of like you get the risk mm-hmm. of like stepping away from the familiarity that you've known mm-hmm. and uh, sharing your life with somebody else. Mm-hmm. It's kind of one of the parts of marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quick uh, aside to this, because this this verse is, is one that I hold a very special place in my heart. One thing that I've, I've noticed over the recent years is that this passage calls for a man to leave his father and mother and yes. cleave to his wife. Yes. And therefore his wife's family, which is very opposite of most of just about every single marital situation we see in the Bible, where a, yeah. a man would then go grab his wife and bring him to his father's house where he's prepared a room for her. That's actually true. That's been pointed out by people. Yeah, I, I, at certain I, I, times. Yeah, yeah I, I find that to be interesting. It, it's not prevalent to our current discussion, but it's just really neat. Nonetheless. I think that I think that this is both an actual thing like uh, Genesis is an actual like thing you should do. But I think it's also a state of mind and like kind of like a spirit of yeah. what, it, what it's oh, yes. trying to say is when you become one flesh. Yes, is emulating you, you, some other yeah. things too about relationships. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. You 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 become one with another individual. With that, then obviously that's the main purpose of that is that you're leaving behind your past of, of familial ties and yeah. as close as they were, and become closer to another individual. There's a lot you're leaving behind. Absolutely, you're leaving you're leaving you're leaving behind the the life as you knew it before mm-hmm. you decided yeah. to dedicate it to somebody else, mm-hmm. and that's also a, a model for a relationship with God is. Until now, you have been living for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. Like, if think about people that would have a hard time with that. A lot of times, often, they're the same people that have a hard time uh, finding a romantic relationship. Because it's like, you say mm-hmm. you want to find somebody that you can marry or whatever. And there are people mm-hmm. that say this over and over again. But it's like maybe they should be challenged on like, would you really like give up on living for you though? Cause that's part of it. Yeah. You know, oh, I've, I've got friends that have actually, that have uh, made marriage commitments that more or less uh, for a lack, basically the marriage vows was until it becomes inconvenient for us. No way. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Th- I mean, they, wow. they, they, they were not followers of Jesus. They actually had yeah. more of a universalist uh, minister, so to speak, come and do their ceremony. And yeah, mm-hmm. and we were there at the ceremony and, and I found it to be strange at the time. And unfortunately, they're no longer together because, well, it was no longer convenient for well, one. Yeah, marriage almost always becomes inconvenient. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It, it, so, so, so after a few years, they, and they, they became divorced and it's, it was, it was very frustrating and sad, yeah. but, uh, um, also for me, um, sadly it was unsurprising. Um, but it was, but yes, but that, that their marriage vows was more or less for lack of better terms. It's been the most simplest form was until it's no longer convenient for us. Nice. Cool. All right. What about the two that you listed there that are about sacrifice, Colin? Okay. So, all right. I kind of modeled it after the different forms of love. So like, you know how they have like the store game, philia and Eros oh, yeah, and Agape. Yeah. And so each one of these kind of like, I mean, they're not a one for one, but they're just different examples. So mm-hmm. in John 15, 13, Mm-hmm. Um, 
it says greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. And so what's interesting about that is that in the scripture, it defines like friend type love as like philia, but that can be that extreme. You know what I mean? Like that can be that, uh, it can be just as close and involve just as much risk if yeah. you if you are really dedicated to having a close relationship. Like uh, the three of us are very very close. We've done ministry together for a long time. I would say that the risk is small of us maintaining our relationship, but at the same time, there there might be stuff that comes down the road. But it, I think part of it is that we maintain that risk and reward thing, which is why it works. Anyway, so. There's that. And then um, you want me to talk about the other John one? Sure. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? It the other seemed sacrifice like one? I was reading those and they look like they go hand in hand. In some ways they yeah. do. In some ways they do. Because John 316, which everybody mm-hmm. knows, is the unconditional like agape love. Yeah. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son yeah. that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That is a sacrifice. Right sort of mentality. So, yes. but, but you know, you're laying down your life for your friends. That could be unconditional love as yeah. well. But, but this, yeah. but and, this, and that one's also first John three sixteen mentions oh, that. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah, which is, uh, yeah, uh, we, uh, we know, we know love by this, that yeah. he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. And so, well, but to me, the, the, the key difference between laying down your life for your friend and what God did is that God did it with everyone sinning. That's mm. true. Romans talks about that. He died for us while we were still enemies, and basically. So what? Gotcha. I, so yeah. that's where the unconditional love comes in that only God can really emulate. That's true. I would lay down my life for my friend if, you know, if I was so close to that friend and it was like me or him and I wanted to like save somebody's life. There, but but what I, I'm not saying. Yeah, no. I'm not saying that I I wouldn't just like die for Zach tomorrow for no reason. But what I mean what I mean is. I don't think humans can accomplish unconditional love. It, it, it is very, very difficult. I'll admit. I mean, it's yeah. it's much easier for me to say that we're for Zach to come to me and say, "Hey, Bob, I need some help." And I say, "What can I do for you?" You know, wh- whatever it is, let me know. See, it's unconditional uh, uh, love. Yes, as opposed to. But if Zach said to no, you, no, but, "Cut but, off your foot," no, no. But, but but if a stranger comes up to me and says, "Hey, Bob, <laughs> yeah. I need some help," it's like, okay, well, how much is it, what, what 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 do you need help with? You know, there's going to be some. Let, let me see. Let me see how much I'm willing to give up. Right. I'm much more inclined to do that. I think most of us yeah. would, would, would answer that way. But once again, if, if, if Colin, if you or Zach, you can just say, Bob, I need some help. It's like my, my home is open yeah. to you. Well, what, what do you need? What do you need? Right. It's, it's all yours. Well, that's, I think, why Jesus says, you know, oh, anybody can love and pray for their friends, you know. Yes. But I've called you to love your enemies. Yes. You know, and that's yes. the hard thing. And that I, is so hard. That yeah. level of sacrifice is so difficult. I really think that requires the grace of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so. So <laughs> I'm going to keep making like pop yeah. culture references now, but um, there's an episode of the house where uh, if anybody's ever seen the show house, uh, the mm, guy who's the guy who has the Australian accent mm. chase goes on a speed dating thing with them. And they make a bet that he doesn't have to say anything. He can like act dumb and not have a job and he'll still get a bunch of dates because he's very attractive looking. Gotcha. And so then later <laughs> he makes an experiment where he goes up to a random nurse that like knows him a little bit. And he goes, hello. Um, can I borrow your car? And the girl just like gives him the car keys. And so the joke of it is that they don't, they don't really care about his personality. It's like, they think he's so handsome that they're willing to just like do whatever for him. Right. Interesting. So to okay. me, to me, that is a key difference between that 
just like laying down your life or doing something for somebody. Like I believe that human beings always have some kind of driver condition. I'm not saying that we're perfect. I'm saying that it's, it's possible, but in the case of God, God had every reason not to send his son. Absolutely. So, yeah. so my, Absolutely. so, so my point is like, I know that's like a big stretch of what I'm trying to say. I'm saying that humans always have like humans are very driven by reasons to do things yes. for each other in love. Friendship love, I think, is a good driving force. Mm -hmm. But I do believe that I would probably say no in every situation that Zach described if he asked me to cut off my foot and give it to him. Now, if God, if if Zach said, Colin, um, this is the only way to save my life, and it is documented here, then maybe. But if he was just like, Colin, do you love me? <laughs> like if he did like the whole Jesus to Peter then thing, feed my lambs. Then feed my lambs with your foot. <laughs> <laughs> They're you know, incredibly hungry. <laughs> you know, Zach, it's I want to feel agape for you right now, yeah. but I just, I feel like it's more <laughs> the philia type. Of. That, that, that right there, yeah. that's going to be the quote for this episode. That's going to go into the description. <laughs> if you yeah. love me, feed my lambs with my, with your foot. So, uh, right. <laughs> did we talk, did, uh, maybe I missed it. Did we talk about first Timothy five, eight yet? Not or? yet. I think we skipped that one. Let's talk about it. So this is a provisional one, I think, or at least that's what it feels okay. like to me. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, this is like the family. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. And so, yeah, buddy. And so what I think it's trying to get at, which is what a lot of people believe in the world and even non-Christians is that like, you know, you'll do anything for your family. Mm -hmm. It's like well, kind of one of those things it, where like it's well, part of you should be willing to do anything for your family. Well, that's what I mean. It's yeah. like a yeah. it's like a common like thought process like, oh, it's family. You know, it's what I don't want to be uh, derogatory towards Italians or anything. It's like, oh, come on, you know, your family. You yeah. know, I'm not going to do anything for you. It's the family. <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. don't Jessica used to put grapes in her cheeks when she was a kid and say, nobody's with the family. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's yeah. Yeah, yeah, but but yeah, the, the idea of value that yeah. humans have almost always had, and, and yeah. I honestly know yeah. people who have put other things before their immediate families, mm -hmm. um, and so and we've we've seen I've seen people deny their family that level of love, and so and and, and it's sad and it's frustrating in a lot of ways. So even in the family re relationship, because things aren't always perfect all the time, mm -hmm. it still comes with like a certain amount of risk. You have to trust yeah. you that your trust. family is yeah. going to be working for your greater good that mm -hmm. provide for you let's, with you. Let's touch on something really quick, Zach. I feel like this is good for the podcast. So you and I, when you told me about this episode idea, I was very hesitant because of this idea of what the word risk actually means. Okay. So, yeah. so like uh, you were thinking of risk in terms of like, uh, gambling. this is a risky decision. Yeah. yeah. Like if I, if Bob was like, you want to be friends with me? I'm like, there's a lot of risk here. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I wouldn't feel that way. Like, yeah. what? Oh, like, oh, th like I'm, you know, and with, and with God, I don't feel like we should feel like it's a risky decision. That's what I was telling Zach. I'm like, yeah, I don't think we should think of it. Like if we, if we as Christians choose to continue to have a relationship with God, I don't, I don't think that we should think to ourselves, geez, this is kind of a big risk that I'm taking. Yeah. I feel like as, oh, yeah. as a good oh, Christian, yeah. we should think to ourselves, like, this is a certain thing that we shouldn't, whatever. Yeah. But what Zach is talking about is the active act of risking something yeah opening yourself up even if you don't know exactly it's kind of like it's similar to our episode on blind faith and it is me yeah. and me and jessica I, I asked jessica to help help with clarity because you and me were texting mm -hmm. back and forth i was like do you get what he's doing and she kind of mm -hmm. gave me some clarity um it was it was the uh 
the Rounders movie. You were talking about Rounders. Yeah. Uh, if anybody here has seen, again, pop culture reference. If anybody has seen uh, the movie Rounders with Matt Damon and uh, Edward Norton, mm-hmm. and it's got a few other good actors in it, Vimke Jensen and stuff. Uh, basically, the premise is that he is like a poker player who tried to be like a professional and he lost like all of his money. And so mm-hmm. for the rest of the movie, he is like, I'm not a poker player anymore. I don't do it anymore. I'm just trying to get a regular mm-hmm. job because I can't handle this. Like I got like 30 grand. And I just like lose it all in like one, one thing. That's just like so detrimental. And at the sure. end of the movie, sure. he, the line that he believes becomes like, you can't like, because the reasonable other character in the movie is like, you can't lose what you don't put on the table. Mm-hmm. So feel free to think that way when you come mm. to the table. And then his thought at the end is like, but you can't win anything either. And he like turns around and like plays the final hand. And so the, the difference between what I first thought Zach meant about risk and what he's really talking about and which the Bible very much supports is that any relationship is you laying something on the line and saying like, I'm willing to risk this yeah. to make the relationship work. I'm sure. willing to risk getting hurt. I'm willing to risk losing something. Yeah. I'm willing to risk losing my time, my money, maybe my my even my life. And I know that's yeah. very extreme, but in the scriptures, that is a thing that and I think often that, happens. You know, there's the risk involved in like getting into a relationship. Yeah. But I think that when we um when we become in a relationship with God, when we become Christians, when we right. give our lives to Christ, there's still risk involved in how he calls us to obey him. That's right. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I, I think that my point, and this is something I've learned throughout 2020, I think, I right. think all of us could have learned this lesson in some way, um, is that certain risks that God calls us to take are for a good purpose. Mm, um, yeah. So I want to talk about uh, this thing called liminal space. Um, okay. So I learned about this from a guy named Alan Hirsch. He's okay. like a church plant expert. And he was the one that made that, uh, that apostle preacher evangelist teacher test that we took the a pest. You remember? What oh, yes. Pest. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Bob so, liked the a pest. Yeah. So he's, he's big on that. He's big on like, he'll say that we need more apostles in the church and stuff, but he did this thing where he studied, um, anthropologists, and what they wrote about like these different tribes in Africa. Hmm. And there was this concept called liminal space is what the anthropologists called it. Um, but basically you'd have these tribes and they would have the village where they were safe. Um, and the okay. wilderness was very dangerous with wild animals and elements and everything. Sure. And when the boys of the village, like reached a certain age, they would put them in a group together and send them out into the wilderness to go on their first hunt. And they just said, goodbye, go risk your life out here, go on this hunt. And they would have to go out in the wilderness and like stay until they like caught some game or whatever and were able to come back into the village. And as they were risking their lives, not all of them made it all the time because it's very dangerous out there. Yeah. But what they found was that when these boys went out, they came back at like as close as brothers because they were out there risking their lives together, uh-huh. you know? And so I, Alan Hirsch's point is that we get, um, we sometimes try to make church very, very safe. Yeah. And I want to get yeah. into that. When I heard him talk, he, he brought up uh, the fish tank in finding Nemo, 
when Nemo gets uh, put into this fish tank in the dentist's office, mm-hmm. all the little fish that are in that tank are very concerned with like keeping the tank like maintained and cleaned all the time. Uh-huh. Like there's the one guy that's obsessed with the bubbles. And then there's like uh, the bottom feeder, like shrimp guy that like cleans everything all the time. Uh-huh. They're always keeping this nice, safe, clean tank, but they never experience like what's outside of the tank. Sure. Yeah. And they're almost afraid to, when the time comes to like escape the tank. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do with church. A lot of the time we try to keep everything like so safe and sterile. um, Mm. And to which point it makes us not very good at actually going out and um, becoming disciples. So, so, so so, so you're, you're suggesting this idea that, that if we somehow found a way to make church more risky um, together, not, not, not risky just for individuals, but risky together, then we will grow closer together. Yeah. Tens. It seems that risk and love go hand in hand. I'm with you. I'm with you. So like, I think, um, I like your analogy of finding Nemo, good pop culture reference. Mm -hmm. I would say finding (laughs) Dory also has one where the octopus doesn't want to leave his thing either. I've only seen that one once, but then he ends up driving like a truck and, (laughs) So he, he puts his, he puts his life at risk and stuff for, for, to help his friends. And so, um, the thing, the thing that, that hits really hard is when we talk about this like safe idea. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you had mentioned there are a lot of people who don't really experience the kind of like closeness or love. They don't really put themselves out there. And as a result, um, and, and I think a big part of that may be complacency. Yeah. So if we look at the modern like model of a relationship in like America and I'm not trying to judge anyone, Mm -hmm. but if you want to really look at it, most people in college or early, you know, adult life would say something Mm -hmm. along the lines of like, okay, for most people, it's like you date, you hook up for a little bit and then you decide that's, that's like first step is whether or not you're going to like physically do anything and then after that you decide whether or not you're going to like spend the night or even like live with that person for a while and then whatever but in most of these cases where they never get married um it's always just the like the status quo is held up i'm good mm-hmm. just go to, to the next day everything's fine and so i'm not judging anybody you know that's that's something for god to we'll, we'll talk about that maybe at some other time it's kind of a controversial <laughs> thing but um we'll we'll get into it but uh what I'm saying is that is comfortable because there is no like, let's take that big step. Mm -hmm. It's most of the time it's like, okay, well we've taken a few steps and now we're good to just sit here and let it keep going just like this. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And so I think for a lot of Christians, it's very similar. So you take the first couple little big steps that are like little big steps. Mm -hmm. Like you go to church and then you say, okay, great. Now I've gone to church. And then somebody says, okay, well, you want to come to like Bible study or something? Yeah. You go to a Bible study. But then after that, it's just the coasting time for the rest of your life. Yeah. And so then you're like, oh, okay, this feels comfy. I don't really need to do anything else. I don't really need to study. I don't really need to like go to God or anything. This is, this feels good to me. Is that kind of what you're talking about? The no yeah. risk God relationship? Yeah. Okay. So like think about um, evangelizing to somebody else. Risky. That's kind of risky because they might think you're dumb. Yeah. It might be embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You might, you could lose a friend. It's always possible. Yeah. You know? So it's like, wait, yeah. wait, you believe this Jesus stuff? Well, I don't yeah. want anything to do with you now. You know, which, you know, which thing I would be talking about if I talk about uh, Penn Jillette. 
Oh yeah, that's right. Great, great story great, from him. That's a good one. Yeah, I, I've actually used that many times in teaching yeah. others. Go ahead, Colin. You uh, tell it. I was just no. I was Y'all should look up this video. I'm not gonna. I'm not yeah. gonna keep going on with these little side notes. I'll just say, you should look up if you want to really know what risk in yeah. terms of like stepping out for God and risking it all. Uh, go look up Penn Jillette talks about evangelism. Yes, or Penn Jillette given a Bible. So something along yeah. those lines. And, yeah. And so in in his words, Ford, as an atheist. Um, was quite profound. And I've used it actually in Bible studies, the words of an atheist and describing evangelism. And it was, it's, yeah, he appreciated it because he felt like that guy cared about him. Yes. Yes. Another way of putting it was for him was basically how much do you have to hate someone? If you truly believe that someone is going to spend eternity in torment, how much do you have to hate someone to not tell them the way out? Yeah. I think that's so very true. And most of us do not take that opportunity because of like a dumb fear, like embarrassment or something yeah, like yeah, that. Fear of, yeah. Yeah. So your embarrassment is on the line, but their like eternal soul is on the line. And so it's does not match up. If you think about it, it's mm-hmm. really worth it for you to take that risk. Yeah. Cause what's so bad about just like, getting embarrassed or having somebody judge you, mm-hmm. you know, people are going to judge you all the time regardless. Yeah. So, but you know, you were talking about before about this, the, the idea of, of friendships and, and this. Yeah. And so and I, and what came to my mind was how many people would you say, are you friends with on Facebook? Like you are Facebook friends with them. How about what, 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 what number would you kind of associate with that? I have quite a bit. Would you say hundreds Probably at least a thousand. You think upwards of a thousand minimum yeah. for you? Yeah. I I think I have like three or four hundred. I don't go on yeah. Facebook as much yeah. as a lot of other. Right. people. I've been on Facebook for years and yes. I hardly ever delete anyone. Right, so. right. And how many yeah. people would you say are you actually friends with? Like like truly close friends with them? Probably like seven. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, a handful. <laughs> yes, and, and yeah. so so what I'm getting at is that, is that it, um and so you there is a level of closeness that you've associated mm-hmm. with that. And almost always yeah. that level of closeness is associated with risk, sharing life together in a yeah. risky kind of way over time. Colin, before this very episode, we were we had a conversation about a completely different matter. And I brought up the idea that, you know, I had a belief, but I didn't want to offend you. And, you know, because it might, it might slightly come off derogatory. That wasn't my intention, but I was afraid it might. And you're like, go ahead and say it. And so when I, sh- I shared it yeah. and, and, you, and a lot of that you are kind of in, in agreement with, or at least I have expressed hearing it from others as well. Mm-hmm, sure. And, and it, so, but, the, but yeah. the, the idea there is that there was a level of risk there of me like, Hey, I've got this, but I'm afraid if I'm going to hurt my friend by telling him this, I will say another thing too. Um, just building on this narrative we've already set up. Yeah. Think about all the minor prophets that were just like hated by the general yeah. populace. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. So here, here is the, the biggest rub with all of that is that, uh, the, the more we risk in the eye of the public, I would mm-hmm. say the more we seem like a fanatic. Yeah, definitely. If you think about it. Yeah. So that, that, I think that's a very first statement. So, so here's, here's, here's where we come to the biggest risk we often do. And we're dealing with the works of God is how we are perceived, I think. And yeah. also rejection uh how our relationships with non-christians will change things of that nature and so like for example stepping out in faith and saying like buying somebody a bible or any of that stuff you you may risk a friendship 
Mm-hmm. Like a complete, like they, they may like, never talk to you again. This guy's weird. Don't want to talk to this that's, person. Yeah. That's, so that's yeah. a hard pill to swallow yeah. for, for me. I mean, I knew you were into this Jesus stuff, but now you're just getting fanatical. I don't know if I can handle that. Yeah. Like he's weird. Right. And mm-hmm. so uh, I'm here to say, I, I kind of still feel like worried about that. So, <laughs> Oh yeah, me too. I wish I, that I, I could say, s- yeah. I wish that I could honestly say like, you know, I just don't care. But yeah, despite the logic that I just laid out about how it's our just embarrassment in the moment versus like hell possibly for somebody. Sure. sure. Like I still go like, yeah, but I care what people think. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and I think that might Risky. be, I yeah. think that might be partially the, uh, yeah. the cultural pressure. Mm-hmm. And and just the environment that we yeah. live in on a regular basis to where people we're told constantly that our image does matter to an extent. Yep. And so and, and, and I do think that to an extent, it, it, there, there is some truth in that. For example, I mean, if people don't believe that I, that I have an image of integrity, then I then then why should they trust anything that I have to say? I treasure I hold closely that image of integrity for that partially for that reason so that when i do say something when i do do something that people can believe it or when there's an accusation against me you know people are willing to say well no i don't know about that because i know who bob is and so that type of Mm -hmm. image really does matter to me and so and i want to hold that close not because i care so i want people to think that i'm so great i've got such great integrity but it's 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 so that my character can remain pure so that I can do God's will. If I don't have a character of integrity, then why should yeah. anybody care what I have to say in the first place? I think that's good. So long as your concern is like you said, your actual integrity based on like an objective view of God, not so much like what the world just thinks of you because yeah. the world is going to hate Christianity. It's going to hate God. And you're right. You're right. A lot of times Christ told us that. Yeah. And so you can't really let that dictate what you do. But at the same time, um, it's a weird balancing act. You should care what God thinks of you. And I think that, um, I think that you can be concerned with like, like Paul said, I, I need to be all things to all people to win someone over to Christ, you know, as long as it's like within that. But I think that still, um, is motivated by reaching out and risking yourself to open up and share Christ with people. Cause even Paul said, and Paul was concerned about like, you know, his integrity too, mm-hmm. you know, but he also said, yeah. I don't care about my own life. I only care about the gospel. <laughs> Consider sure, my sure. life, nothing compared to the gospel that yeah. needs to be preached. So, um, so what you're saying, he cared about the integrity yeah. for the sake of the gospel so that the gospel mm-hmm. could be shared and yeah. be received. It wasn't necessarily yeah. about like, the image. It wasn't about pleasing people. It was about having integrity before God. And even if that got him thrown into prison, which it did. Sure. Sure. You know. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So why is risk important in our relationship with God? Let's take it back to uh, the church problem. Okay. So yeah. how do you think risk could come in and change this situation where we see like stagnant church where we see people not interested in having a relationship with God. Cause it just seems boring. Mm-hmm. You guys think about that. How would it be different if like risk were involved? Well, it changes things from just something you do on Sunday morning to be something you're involved with. You're yeah. actually giving something to it. If that makes sense. It, it's, you know, it, it, it actually is going to ask something of you mm-hmm. as opposed to just filling a seat on Sunday morning. Yeah. It's a sacrifice. I mean, 
it, the Bible says count the cost, you know, you know, and, and I, I think about the, the various groups that I've been with over the years. And I think when they've grown the most, when we have actually seen growth was when risk was taking place. Mm-hmm. Um, the three of us, you know, there was a time where we were part of the exact same uh, church community, faith community um, on Sunday mornings. And, and, uh, and so when that church was, was, was in its height was when we were heavily involved in, in one of the, uh, one of the more poor regions of mm-hmm. the community and trying to actively seek out ways. Now the, the, this community then rearranged how things were done in the city and thus that ministry kind of, uh, it changed out the way that we did that. And when that happened, I think that's when we started seeing the community begin to, uh, go the opposite direction. But the point is, is that is that is that we were growing when there was risk being involved, when we were actively reaching out and putting our own selves on the line, sacrificing our time, sacrificing our relationships, yeah. potentially even. That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah and I think, um, you know, it's it's important for us personally to um, be able to open ourselves up to give of ourselves and kind of risk that way. I think it's also important as a community, just like you were saying, um, when we can come together and find those ways to like take those risks. And I'm not saying be reckless necessarily. Um, but I think that if God is calling your community to go reach out to something, but there's some inherent risk involved, I think it's important to count that up, count the cost. Like the Bible says, Mm -hmm. Um, and, and be obedient to what God's asking you to do. Um, I mean, I remember the first time I went to Haiti, um, there was some political things that started happening right before we left Mm -hmm. where there was like, you know, some people being kidnapped and stuff. And I still feel like the risk was probably actually pretty minor. Um, but there were some people that were freaked out, like my parents, for example. Well, sure, sure, of course. <laughs> they were like, ah, I don't, I don't know if you should go. You know, of course, it's up to you. You know, you're an adult. You make this decision. But we would say maybe you shouldn't. Like, yeah. my dad emailed me that. <laughs> <laughs> and I talked to um, Scott Mandel about it, who was leading the trip. And he was like, we're going to go. So you can come if you want. And I was like, I think I'll go. I feel like I'll be safe, you know. And if not. And, you know, maybe that's a thing that's for God, you know, Bethany, I had similar conversations um, when uh, when we were deciding to leave for China. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I mean, uh, I had one of my parents that broke down in tears. I was like, well, yeah, uh, because of it. And it's like, well, we've been talking about this for years. And their response was, yeah, but I didn't think you were serious. Yeah, I didn't think you're, you're you were serious about that risk. Other family members actually told us that we were destroying the family and holidays because we, we were choosing to not be in the country during those times of yeah. the year. And that's really tough because then you get the conflicting thing because you do love them. Of course, you know, of you course wouldn't, you do. They're you family. Wouldn't, you wouldn't deny them um, what they need, but at the same time, God is calling you to something else. And so even you had to weigh those decisions and risk them uh, being disappointed in you guys for mm-hmm. being gone. Absolutely. So, yeah, everything in faith comes with a certain amount of risk, I think. Um, But uh, if you look at scripture, I think that the risk comes with love. And I think that um, I think that practicing the love of God is Mm -hmm. inherent, like risk is inherent to that. So, like, if you look at the temple and or I guess I should say the tabernacle in Exodus, the way it was set up. 
and Exodus and Leviticus both kind of talk about how like there's the outer rings and oh uh, yeah, and then the inner part of the tent of meeting, and then the very center is the holy of holies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the further you got closer to the center, the more pure you had to be to enter, or else you would die. Like it literally would kill you. And like Moses couldn't even enter the Holy of Holies mm-hmm. until after Leviticus, you know, and he would talk to God from outside the Holy of Holies. And so it's almost like getting closer to like God's true character. And we know that God is love, right? Absolutely. Um, but God is love that is holy. And so mm-hmm. that holiness would kill somebody if they weren't unclean. You know, this is before the sacrifice of Jesus. So mm-hmm. it's more Absolutely. Old Testament mode. Um, but yeah, the closer you got to God, the more risk there was. But also that's just because you were closer to him. There was more yeah. risk, but there was more benefits to be gained for knowing God even more. Yeah. Yeah. And so they would do all these things like uh, the Day of Atonement where they would like take two goats and they'd slaughter one and sprinkle his blood all over the place. And they would do this like several times and they would take another goat and they wouldn't slaughter him, but they would put all the sins of the people on this one goat and then they'd send him out into the wilderness. Yep, the, the scapegoat. Yeah. It's, it's literally where the idea of the scapegoat comes from. And it was this whole ritual of like cleansing the tabernacle. And it was all so that the priest could go into the Holy of Holies, like all that. And they did it like one day a year. So, you know, you, um, that's the risk that's involved because yeah. that's like how dangerous that is. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, and they put bells on his ankles and a yeah. rope around his waist. And if the bells ever stopped ringing, they knew that they had to pull on the rope and pull him out because he was not clean enough and he was, yeah. he, he was killed. Yeah. Yeah. So there mm-hmm. you go. God's character is surrounded by like dangerous risk. But fortunately for the Christian, we have Jesus who allows us to stand before God. <laughs> yes. Freely. Yep. And, so, and, it's, and, and in many ways has, has yeah. lessened that risk to a great degree. Is taking care of the negative effects. Yes. Um, so we're more free to practice the love of God than ever before, and we don't even realize it. <laughs> so, um, so I've been just sitting and listening and getting perspective. There's like a probably one of the reasons why I didn't uh, understand initially. Uh, you guys may know this about me if you know me personally, um, uh, whoever's listening. But I uh, I leap when it comes to social stuff. Like I don't, I, I, I do reckless abandon kind of social, uh, personality very well. So like, for example, um, you're, you're just a natural extrovert to the extreme in a lot of ways. Yes. Yeah. So Love when I first met Zach, I was like, let's go get breakfast. And you were just like, Oh, what? And I'm just like, come on, get in the car. <laughs> and so like, uh, <laughs> it's one of those things to me where I've never like really, I'm not saying that I've never been worried about rejection. That's not what I mean. But if I first meet somebody, the only time I've ever really worried about rejection is more like I'm worried about being rejected by somebody I really value as mm-hmm. like a friend. <laughs> if you're if you've been in a relationship with somebody for a long time and then they reject you, then that's like really lame. Yeah. But like so it took me a while to be like, "Oh, I have to like be sympathetic to uh, empathetic <laughs> To like introverted people. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Now I get it. It's risky to try and become buddies or love somebody. <laughs> I'm like, hey, I love you. Love you, buddy. <laughs> Thanks for getting me in my bags at the grocery store. I love you. <laughs> uh, th- thank you, sir. Have a- be safe out there. Love you, man. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Bye. No, no, no. You can say it too, though. 
<laughs> Do you understand how this works? But is no, it, I, but I'm, I'm, is it not true? Because you said that the people that could hurt you from like, and that you would feel would be risky yeah. that they might smash right. your hopes would be the people that you really, really care about. That's right. So, so again, the deeper your like appreciation and desire to be friends with that person, right. or whatever the the greater the risk feels like. Well, so like um, the closer to the center you get. Yeah. So so do you remember uh, um, my song um, Jesus Forgive My Sins? Yeah. Oh, yes. So there's a lyric I have Which, in there. by the way, there's a bunch of billboards in the middle of South Carolina that we just saw recently. Uh-huh. And they literally say, Jesus, forgive my sins, heal my soul. Like, it's almost exactly your lyrics. Like, <laughs> like, giant on the side of the road. <laughs> Someone steal your lyrics, Colin. Yeah. Um, so I took almost all of it from scripture, but the second verse says some lines that remind me of the risk of God. And some people may dispute how this works because a lot of people say, once you are a a, a true Christian, you can't like be cast aside. But in the Psalm, there is a a few times where, uh, I'm trying to remember exactly where I got this from, but my, my lyric, which is taken from scripture says, don't cast me from your presence. Almighty. Don't take your Holy spirit from me. Did not Mm. David write that? Yeah. 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 And so, if I'm not mistaken, David wrote that hint, that Psalm and he was somebody who was after God's own heart. So here's, here's where, well, that's, God, that's a big can of worms. God, we should maybe talk about on the podcast. God referred to him as a close friend. And yet he still was afraid of like being cast aside. So, sure. so here's what, here's, here's, here's where that kind of risk comes back into play is that based on what the Psalms say, you may be in risk of being rejected by God. I, I mean, that's, that's a very big, that's a whole nother thing. Maybe, maybe you're maybe, maybe you're maybe not the interpretation of that is a little different, but all we can say is this, when you enter into a serious relationship with somebody, there's always going to be risk. It, it, there should be risk, risk of getting your feelings hurt, risk of being rejected, risk, risk of, of being told no. So I would be yeah. taking it a step further in your assumption and even say, is it really a relationship without risk? Yeah. And so I guess to kind of wrap all this up, you know, we were talking a lot was as we were talking about risk, we talked about risk and then you get this great reward or whatever. I wonder if with God, the risk is its own reward. Mm. Yeah, you hit me with that. And I'm not I'm not sure I'm 100 percent on board with with understanding what, what you mean by that, because going back to like the liminal space sort of thing. OK, the risk allows us to grow. Sure. Because the and so the reward would be. um the fact that I am growing in being more gracious and opening myself up. Sure. Well, yeah. like, I mean, in James, yeah. it says, okay. Okay. uh, consider it joy when you face trials of many kinds because yeah, it builds right. endurance. Um, and, and so, I mean, yes, the, maybe the, that's another one. There's no joy without trials. I mean, that yeah. is, that is a thing we can talk about for sure. Um, basically, <laughs> basically, <laughs> you know, it sure doesn't feel very joyous when you're dealing with them though. Right. No, and no so, it doesn't. And so at the same time, um, putting yourself at risk in a relationship can feel like you're doing the wrong thing. But like you said, opening yourself up is kind of a learning experience. It, it does mm-hmm. help you to grow. So yeah, I understand what you mean. Mm-hmm. Cool. Any other thoughts? I have one thought. Mm-hmm. 
just literally one thought. Yeah. You guys risk being friends with me, but guess what? Over. <laughs> you put it out there. You have chosen poorly. <laughs> I'm out of here. I'm not doing the podcast anymore. Your wrist did not render a reward this time. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so yeah, no, I thought I thought this was an interesting subject matter, something that we don't often think about. So I appreciate Zach uh, bringing it. We should do a bunch of "There's no mm without mm." Ooh, maybe we could start. Mm. This could be the first week of a series. Could be. I don't know. We could also come back to it later if we want to do something else. But yeah. No, but I, I, I really enjoyed this. This has been fun to think about the uh, uh, because we, we a lot of times we talk about love, but no, but risk is not something we really talk about very much. Um, and I also, but I think it's very, very important. Um, I think there's, I mean, for us to grow deeper, you know, the whole idea of iron sharpens iron, or things like mm-hmm. that, the community aspect, you know, the friends, the brother, you know, I've talked previously about the idea of judging and how that plays out. But there's a level, there's a huge level of risk. If we're going to be building each other up, making ourselves stronger, calling each other out. The iron sharpens uh, iron. Um, the fact that God prunes you, like, you know, it talks about like every branch that doesn't bear fruit, I'm going to cut. And, you know, whether you want to call that individuals that don't bear fruit mm-hmm. or just parts of you that don't, maybe. Um, yeah. Also, you know, we talk about God as like a purifying, like refining fire. That fire has to like, um, you know, refine metal and like yeah, burn yeah. away impurities. Yes. And the way know? it does that is it literally melts it down. Yeah. Let's the impurities come up to the surface so they can be scraped away yeah. and then reshaped into the form that the, that the, that the, the blacksmith desires it yeah. to be. That is, and if you are that metal that refi- that, that is being refined by the fires of God, that's painful. Yeah. That's not an easy thing to go through. Right. Yeah, it's all these things, all these trials. It's the way that um, that God refines us. And so I think, um, you know, being able to, like, open ourselves up, risk, and, and kind of say, like, I'm going to give myself on behalf of others. And yeah, you give yourself away. away. And you give. And you give. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, so... Um, but we know what love is because Christ laid down his life for us. We could do a bunch of episodes mm-hmm. like this. I think we already did blind faith, um, faith without knowledge, question mark. I don't know. Hmm, because the blind faith one was pretty much that, right? Yeah. Like without foreknowledge. This yeah. this one kind of feels real similar to that subject matter. I think we could keep the ball rolling. Okay, cool. Well, we want to hear from you guys. So if you have any thoughts about this. Definitely hit us up yeah, on social yeah. medias. L- leave us a comment on Facebook, especially. Let us know what you think of it. And hit a few stars for us on your way out if you don't care. Helps us out. Helps other people find us. There's no encouragement without five-star ratings. That's right. It's <laughs> the next episode. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we love you. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. Peace.